Give me warp in the factor of five, six, seven, eight. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discussing Trek. Today, we are here to review Star Trek Lord Decks Caves. And with me to review this episode is none other than Cal Jones. How you doing, man? I am good. I'm actually excited to see, because you and I talked briefly before we started streaming or recording, and I'm curious to find out your thoughts. But yes, glad to always be here and glad to always have a conversation with you, my friend. Yeah, I as well, because uh, I think I heard you say that you kind of like this one, so no spoilers, but yeah, I can't wait to, to hear your thoughts on it as well. And a shout out to Wind Grace in the chat who said hello, so hello back at you, Wind Grace. Awesome sauce. Hey, Wind Grace. And anyone else who may be listening or watching, thank you all for being here. We really appreciate it. And yeah, we're going to get right into this episode, Star Trek Lower Decks Caves which was written by Ben Rogers and directed by Megan Lloyd. The Lower Deckers go on a classic cave mission. So for everyone listening, if you have not seen Caves, not the literal Caves, the episode Caves of Lower Deck, put us on pause, go out, watch the episode, come back, because from this moment forward, spoilers. Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand to battle station. What gives you the right? You cannot destroy an idea. Eddie, before you spread. No, let them spoil the milk. <laughs> the spoiler warning has been dropped and we are back to talk about this episode. And like always, I go right back to Mr. Jones for the beats of the episode. Sometimes serious, sometimes comedic. Honestly, you never know. Mr. Jones, what do you have for us today? So this one was really low hanging fruit for me because I'm watching it and I'm like, Oh, I just cannot not do this one. And Clarence, I think you will probably recognize this. We're all stories in the end. Just make it a good one, eh? That's some Doctor Who stuff, right? Yes, indeed. 11th <laughs> Doctor, quote, we're all stories in the end. Just make it a good one. And hence, <sighs> that's what this episode was, stories. It, it was. And, and before I give my thoughts, just quick shout out to Mim Fam, which I think you're new. Thank you for being here. As well as Marge Wind Grace and, of course, Tasha of After Snap. Thank you guys for being here. It's always fun to have you guys in the chat. But this episode for me, yes, it was very much about stories. A lot of them. It borderline felt like a clip episode. If you think of those, I think of the, Rik the Riker Biobed episode where we saw the flashbacks to previous episodes of the season. And that's kind of what this felt like at first. But of course, these flashbacks are stuff that we have not seen so far on Lower Decks. And I think in the end, for me, it's all about them reflecting on growth and, and how far the Lower Deckers have come this season. I agree. It was a clip episode, but not a clip per se. So it was a odd take on a clip, not a flip. Mm -hmm. Maybe they flipped the clip. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just wound up tonight. I don't know. But but I really, really liked it because I like clip episodes. You know, I like those nostalgic going back and revisiting moments because to me, those type of episodes, when they are clips, are episodes that you can use to introduce someone to a story where they can kind of whet their appetite. Now, this is a little bit different from that, but I traditionally like clip episodes. Now, this has very much been the season where our Lower Deckers have been kind of off doing their own things as Lieutenant Junior Grades. And, you know, from time to time, we see them back together. But for the most part, this season... 
they've kind of been off in corners on separate missions. Maybe two of them paired up, but not very many times everybody's there. So we're back to all of the Lord Deckers being in one place on a mission to survey some moss in a cave. I think this episode is trying to tell us, it's trying to to put in our brains that our Lord Deckers have had a lot of growth. So seeing them come back together after all this time, does it feel different than it felt before for these Lord Deckers? Okay, so I'm going to answer it this way. Previously on Discussing Trek, when Kyle was reviewing Lower Decks, anytime Mariner went off on a rant, I ran the other direction. That irritated <laughs> me. So to answer your question, did I see evidence of growth? I was right there with her in her rant at the very beginning. I loved what she was saying because I could imagine myself in her shoes if you're going somewhere that you really don't want to be, and when mm. you really don't want to be somewhere, you nitpick everything apart, which is what she was doing. So maybe at least how I felt about it, she didn't irritate me. So there has to have been something in that character that's changed that she didn't irritate me. I actually was on board and agreed with her. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Mariner, but I'll mention Boimler. You know, he's been so reserved this season. When we get to the part where he pulls off his pants for Rutherford, I was it, it just felt weird because been, he's been so quiet and so reserved and so officer-like in this season. So, you know, kind of seeing him do some of the stuff in this episode, which he didn't do a lot of. It was just like spurts, the pants thing. But it just felt weird from seeing him so reserved in all the other episodes. Okay, so let me let me throw this back at you. So you and I have recorded on various topics and podcasts for so many years that if you put me back into a situation with you, I will be much more comfortable with antics and or whatever I might be saying, having a conversation with you. But if I'm recording with the group from Oz9 that I don't know like I know you, I'm much more reserved, I'm much more drawn back, and I'm less to go off on a rant than I might go off on a rant with you. So maybe what Boilmer was feeling was, I'm comfortable with these people. Mm, maybe so. I can, I can definitely see that. So I want to ask you the question, sir. Does anything good ever come from a cave mission? No, it doesn't. Mariner is exactly right. Almost every episode I can think of when there's a cave mission, stuff goes bad. So, yeah, it was interesting seeing them take that idea and dive deeper into it in this episode. And there's a myriad of cave episodes you can pick from. Mariner mentioned some of the tropes in this episode of cave missions. No way to communicate. Unspeakable evils. Is there a particular cave episode in Star Trek that kind of jumps out at you as maybe being your favorite Oh, I don't know if this was my favorite, and I'm not even sure if this was the cave episode, but it was one of the ones that we reviewed in the original uh, from the original series, and mm. it was the episode where Spock is going up to something that looks like star styrofoam. The Horde episode. Oh, yeah. is that what that is? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Was that in a cave? Yeah, that was in a cave. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> well, actually, the most. It was, it was in the space station, but he was like drilling tunnels. Uh, it was on a, okay. it was on a station on a ground. It was like actually on a planet, but he was dri drilling tunnels. The hoarder okay. was drilling tunnels. So yeah, cave like I get cave -like. that. Yeah, definitely. I'll, yeah. And there's been many episodes I think about that were in caves or 
that I really just didn't even think about until this episode. Even Caretaker, they're like under the planet. Um, yep. you, we see caves in that episode. There's just so many I can't even, you know, kind of pick. But Caretaker probably being one of my favorites. Let's see. Let's see. There's the Voyager episode. I forget the episode name, but you remember the episode where they got copied by the liquid on mm-hmm. the ground that was in a cave? Yep. Um, so there's so many, many you can think of. Uh, and comment here from MimFam saying, the cave mission call out is one of the things I love about Lord Dex. I never thought about how often caves are terrible in Star Trek. <laughs> yes, they are. Yes, they are. And um, I listened to the Delta Flyers podcast, which is the podcast by Robert Duncan McNeil and Garrett Wong. And they were talking about how much they hated going to the cave set. And Tasha kind of expanded on this a little bit in her review. But but yeah, they hated going over because they had to go to a different stage to get to the cave set, the cave set. And they really did not like it. So, yeah, hearing them guys talk about it was fun. So let me ask this. And you may could take something of what they said which is I was looking at it from a price cutting, a cost effective thing, put it in a cave. You don't have to worry about, uh, you know, a bunch of different sets and whatnot. Is that what they were feeling? Even though they had to go to another soundstage or something, was that what they were feeling that this was a easy way to have an episode, but not have a bunch of dressing up, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like, uh, and they mentioned about how you, how you could just light it a little bit different, you know, and it looks like a totally different place. Yeah, that was one of the things they talked about in the episode. So I will ask you, Kyle, I know you're a huge Whovian. You're a huge Doctor Who fan. There are abundance of cave episodes in Doctor Who, aren't there? Yes. <laughs> Most notably, you know, the one that pops into my head more than anything, the caves of Androzani. Yeah, that's a good one. So of these stories that we get, we get a story from each of the Lower Deckers. Did any of these stories jump out at you as being one of your favorites? Uh, one you'd maybe like to see fleshed out a little bit more? Uh, what, what's your thoughts on the separate stories we got in this episode? I took a, so I'm, I'm going to tell you what I took away from all three of them. I liked seeing these characters interact with not those characters that they were most associated with you know i mean i I know that was the common theme and that's not really answering your question but that's what i took away from it the one that just kind of stood out more than anything uh was the pregnancy thing because again (laughs) the doctor there was a doctor who episode in the 13th doctor where there was a man that's pregnant yeah yes yes there is you know that's where we got introduced to the pating so Mm. um that I really, really remembered. So that made me remember that other than the others. Yeah, as, the well, others. as well as an Enterprise episode. I don't know if you remember when Trip. I think it was Trip that got pregnant in the yes. Enterprise episode. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. I love the whole transfer dermal pregnancy thing. I thought that was pretty funny and pretty inventive. And, and that's what I can say about a lot of these. I felt like even though they maybe weren't quite enough to, to pull off a full story, I feel like it was a series of short tricks. <laughs> we got we got short tricks, the the lower decks version, and they were all in these vignettes we were getting from these different characters. Let's talk about the Vendorians. This is a throwback to the animated series. I really didn't know that until I've heard other smarter people talk about it. But the Vendorians, and you you should definitely go back and listen to Tasha's review from yesterday and Wingrace. Go to Wingrace Project and listen. 
uh, watch his video talking about it. Cause he, he goes deep. He goes deep about uh, some of the happenings of this episode. So he did his research. So kudos to him. His, his re- review is very good. But I went back and watched the animated series episode today. I think it's called The Survivor. And it's, it's, it's a pretty it's a pretty good episode. You know, I, I feel like I'm and again, Tasha talked about this, but I feel like I've been sleeping on the animated series because it, this episode of the animated series of Survivor felt like it could have been a regular it could have been a regular Star Trek, you know, a, a live action Star Trek episode. It was really good, really good. And that's where we introduced to these Vendorians and their shapeshifters and the way they're portrayed in the episode is being on a planet that's quarantined off and it's against the treaty between Romulans and the Federation to even go to this planet or, or talk to these people because a changeling is a huge threat to the existence of life as we know it. Now, kind of weird that they chose to quarantine this whole planet off because that's what these people do. But in any case, it's a really good episode, a really fun episode. And that's where we get introduced to these these aliens. It was it Carter. I can't remember the the guy's name who they were shapeshifting to, but they kind of used this persona of this philanthropist to infiltrate the Enterprise. Good episode. You should definitely check it out. But they do a thing in this episode which it it, it puts a totally different spin on, on the Vendorians, and I'm not sure I love it because in that episode they felt way more of a threat, but seems like in this episode, they're played for jokes, but they get to the Boimler and Levy part or story. And Levy is a huge conspiracy theorist. Now, is is that like hitting too close to real world for you, Kyle, on that? Yeah. You know, I, it was obvious with the, where they were going, but I think the spin that they did, because, you know, most of it is really crackpot theories and whatnot, yeah. 10 because before I came up with the stories in the end, I was going to say, let's all get out our tinfoil hats because, you know, that's kind of the way he was being portrayed. But then he was right. Yes. Honestly, I don't know what to take away from that. <laughs> it's easy for us to say these people are crackpot theorists and they're always wrong. Or you see in some sci-fi movies where you have this crazy dude who's in his lab and he's saying, this is going to happen to the sun and all this other stuff. And he turns out being right and the world is come to an end, you know. Uh, so it's kind of weird when uh, Boimler is convinced he's off his rocker, but somehow he's right in the situation. I just found it very funny, but also very interesting. Maybe the story that, you know, if we wanted to take away a lesson from it, maybe our lesson could be something to the effect of, no matter how cuckoo you think someone may be, it doesn't take away the fact that we should still have common courtesy and be nice because that's what got Boimler. Yes. No matter what was going on, they were still able to be friends by the end of it. Yes. And uh, I got to mention Marge here talking about the dinner scene, eating the crickets. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> but this morality test. So what? Is the uh, what is this alien species gaining from these morality tests? Does I don't know if they gave us a solid reason. Maybe they did, and it just eluded me. Is it is it just a religious ritual, or what do they gain from seeing these people go through these tests and succeed or fail, and then they impregnate them? Apparently, I don't know. What's the whole point? I took it more so as 
okay, we're we have an option of either impregnating you and killing you, or <laughs> we have an option of letting you go. You are the one that's going to decide which is that's going to be. You know, are you you going to be killed or are you going to be let go? Mm. You 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 hold that, and maybe it's any it's nothing more than boredom, keeping it interesting. Yeah, Q likes to toy with us, so maybe I don't. Maybe that's just their thing. A few comments here, real quick. Carter Winston was the guy's name from the animated series episode. Thank you, Win Grace, on that. And um, <laughs> Bard say these aliens always want to test humans, yeah, right? Why? Why, Why us? Why us? <laughs> on the video, you can see this image here of Captain Kirk and this this Mandorian here, very faithful in this animated and mm-hmm. this uh, Lower Decks episode to the design here. Pretty cool. And this guy, <laughs> okay, I keep going back to this episode. This guy shapeshifts into Kirk McCoy, a bio bed, and he shapeshifts into the shields of the Enterprise. <laughs> don't don't ask. Just go watch okay. it. Just go watch it. No, don't ask me. <laughs> oh boy. But yeah, uh, and and also these vignettes or these stories serve as a means to kind of get out the current situation where each of the lower deckers bring their experience to the table. You know, again, talking about growth of these characters, they're bringing their experience to the table to get out of their current situation. Let me say something real quick, and this is um, a comment for anyone that is in the live stream watching the video, but kudos to them, even back in the 70s for the character design, because as you're sitting here talking, or as I'm sitting here listening to you talk, I'm also looking at this picture and they did a very good job in the face, if, I, if you want to call it that, because the creature does look very inquisitive mm. and it doesn't have eyes. It doesn't have a nose. It doesn't have a mouth. But you still, as I'm looking at it, I see something that looks like I'm curious about Kirk. Yeah, for sure. And also, you know, uh, fast forwarding to today they they remain faithful to the original design mm-hmm. and a good design i might add and again a good episode go watch it so let's talk a little bit about rutherford and tana oh boy and we mentioned it up top but old rutherford gets impregnated again i think they throw some cool sci-fi stuff at us and this was one of the ones i really liked because okay she touches him he's instantly preggers and he gives birth and Tana says she doesn't like kids, but over the course of this fortitude that they build up to try to get out of this situation, uh, she starts to like the the child. And I thought that was pretty cool. And it's a clone baby is what she called it. What did you think about the Rutherford and Tana? So at first, the way they announced it, I'm thinking, are they about to say that the cat doctor and him had a baby? Because that's the way they made it think. And they didn't go that direction. And I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad they didn't. I'm I'm glad they didn't. (laughs) And another thing that I think is proof that Lower Decks has progressed storyline-wise is because they're not picking that lower-hanging fruit. Mm. And, And what I mean by that is you pretty much get from the or at least I got from watching it, that they did sort of like a C-section on him to take the baby. They didn't go through some joke of him trying to have the baby. You thank know what I'm God. saying? And yeah. they thank God that they didn't do that. You know, But they could have, because there's 
you know, they could have gone that direction with lower decks. They didn't. And I think that saved that particular part, at least in my opinion. Oh, oh, I totally agree. Three years ago, th- that would have been the butt of the joke instead of this being a heartfelt moment where Tana and Rutherford bond over this child he wasn't expecting. They they definitely would have done it differently a few years ago. And you can still have humor. You can still have back and forth like they did. And you can still have a guy become pregnant like they did. <laughs> but you don't have to do what you just said. Go that, that route. So as the show, the lower deckers grow, so does the showrunners and writers, I, I guess. Maybe so. Picking up a comment real quick here from MemFam. Rutherford is the Nick Cannon of Star Trek. At this point, he just randomly has four kids, Badgie, Goodgie, Logiki, and thus a clone baby. Yes. Yes. Uh, he, he out here in these streets, so to speak. <laughs> so from this moment forward, just to let you know, every time I see this character, I'm going to see Nick Cannon from now on. <laughs> it's, it's ingrained in my head. Uh, picking up a cover real quick here from Tasha saying, I see the difference in each season as the audience watching them mature in a way maturing with them. Interesting. Interesting. The audience watching the show, getting older, growing older with the show and it's growing as well. I love it. I love the sentiment. My favorite of the situations or the stories or the vignettes. I love the sci-fi concept of the Mariner and Delta Shift crash landing in the cave. Uh, and where Mariner learns how to realign microcircuitry to boost communications. Simple concept, chroniton mineral vein bursting, biotemporal flux, but well done, well executed. And just to see kind of her grow old gradually, well, so in such a short time span, but we get to see the progression of young Mariner, older Mariner. Grandma Mariner. <laughs> Grandma Mariner. <laughs> And, and I just thought that was really cool. And on the opposite end, we see the other Delta Schiffer age the other way. I thought I just thought that was really cool. You know, maybe something they possibly could have flushed out to an entire episode. But I really love them throwing it in here. So I know why they did the opposite direction, because I'm sitting here watching it earlier and thinking to myself, they're going to age out as far away as that is. So I was wondering, how are you going to get there? Even with the younger, uh, you know, younger dude. But my question is, how did the guy that went the other direction went younger? How did he go around and get young? Well, he went to a different part of the cave. So Ah, so maybe the the, the temporal flux over there was going in a different direction or something to that effect. Got you. And uh, agree with Marge here, too. It was nice to get to see some of the Delta shift and just to see a more mature Mariner make amends with the Delta shift. (laughs) The fact that she says we even break stuff and you guys have to fix it, I thought was was funny. But. But yeah, you know, we see growth in these characters and just just a great execution there. I think we got a shout out to Nog in this episode when the guy, the younger guy runs to get the Pergium and his leg is gone. You know, mm-hmm. I thought, first of all, that was cringeworthy because I was like, oh, his leg and he's still going. But uh, Mariner says, we'll just get you a new leg. So I, I thought of Nog at that moment. If yeah. anybody knows Nog lost his leg and it was a very trauma filled episode. Comment from Wind Grace real quick. If the shuttle. <laughs> 
If the shuttle had grapplers, the whole aging problem could have been avoided. Yes, it would have been a perfect opportunity to use those, the, the grapplers Great. they've been talking about so much. So let's talk about Tindy's turbo lift story. The shortest of all the stories, but maybe the most heartfelt. And I think maybe this part just sums up what the whole episode was supposed to be about. Uh, what do you think about the Tindy turbo lift and the fresh lower deckers on the Cerritos having a bonding moment? Yeah, I, I like that. I, I liked the way knowing how their characters have progressed, you saw some of that from the very beginning because you saw that immediate kind of camaraderie between Boilmer and Mariner. And then you see the camaraderie starting or whatever this romance or whatever you want to call it <laughs> with the yeah. other two. So I liked it. I mean, I, th- I thought it was very well done. Yeah. And, and, just to, you know, I keep talking about the these the two people that's in the stream that I love watching their videos. But what Wingrace makes a great point in his video saying that is is this a pivot point for the lower deckers? Is this like the calm before the storm? Mm. Is is this is it, it very much feels like um, you know, in Game of Thrones, when you're finna reach that climactic episode, you have like a, a slower episode right before it, you know. Mm. And it kind of seems like we're here with this episode, an episode to reflect, kind of get your footing. Uh, Do you think something is going to happen to one of these Lord Deckers since we're having such this heartfelt moment, um, this reflection moment? Is something amiss? I'm not saying something bad's not going to happen toward the end, but I've not read anything about anybody leaving. (laughs) So I'm assuming, you know, nothing so bad that you're going to lose a character per se. Um, I agree that, you know, this was a very feel good moment. One thing I did like about what they did, this could have easily with the one hour later, two hour later, four hours later, you could have had them climbing the walls, you know, and trying to kill each other when they finally are released. They didn't go that route and I'm glad they didn't. So yeah. another another evolution of storylines here. And and even from the point of the Vendorians just wanting to hear another great story, it, this this was absolutely a feel good episode all the way around. Um yeah, and I really that's that's pretty much all I have to say about it. I, I really thought it was a good episode. Slower, slower, but I still liked it. Um uh, but but I think it was a pivotal moment for our characters to set them up maybe for whatever's coming next or whatever position they're going to be in next. So let me ask you a question. Do you think our conversation that we've had over the last 30 minutes, has it increased, kept the same or decreased your going into opinion of this story? I think this episode. I think you've talked me up just a little bit. I mean, I, I got I, that feeling. So that's yeah. why I was curious. I mean, I got to give it up for the heartfelt moments. I got to give it up for these characters you know, where they are now and and how much they've changed since the end of last season. You know, these almost feel like different characters. And just again, the amount of growth we've seen from them, I think has been fantastic. You know, one thing I do worry about, I do worry that maybe we're not going to stick with not necessarily the growth, but we've we've done things already in Lower Decks where we didn't stick with it. Shaq's dying. We didn't stick with it, you know. 
Freeman does this whole thing. She gets in jail. I mean, of course, she wasn't going to stay in, in, in jail or whatever. But the next beginning of the next season, she's out of it. She's back to being the captain of the Cerritos. You know, I, I, I'm i ready for big swings. I'm ready for do something really big. But I do also want the, whatever it is, those consequences to stick, whatever that may be. So we'll see what happens. So let me, but before we close, let me ask you this question. If that consequence, if that big swing happened and that big swing was one of the four characters that are the core four has to go, which character would it be and why? <laughs> I'm not going to answer that. You want to get me killed out here in these streets. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let me just throw that out then just into the other for everybody to think about whether you're watching or you're listening. If that were to happen... Who would it be? And I'm, and it's not saying that somebody, because I really don't have somebody I would want to see go. Me, yeah. you know, either. So just be thinking of that. If you did have to lose a character and it had mm. to be one of the five, you know, four, which one would it be? If anybody, I think it would be somebody outside of the four core, four core lower deckers. So it'd probably be like a cat, you know, some other position on the Cerritos, maybe. But I don't think we're going to lose any of the four core Maybe they'll be off doing something different, but I don't think they'll be kaput, so to speak. (laughs) And with that, guys, for you watching or listening, what did you think about this episode? How would you rate it on a five point scale? And I'll start with you, Kyle. How would you rate this episode, sir? You know what? I really enjoyed this and I'm going to say 4.75 for me. Wow. Uh, 4.75. I think that's probably the highest I've ever given Lower Decks. But wow. 4.75. 4.75 stories out of five. Mm. <laughs> stories out of five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm not going to be quite as high. I think you brought me up a little bit. I'm going to be at 4.0 turbo lifts out of five, maybe. I'll stick with that. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good episode. The calm before the storm, setting up what's coming next and giving us time to reflect on these characters. You know, I feel like this episode I could watch again and enjoy um, and like I did the first time watching it. So I, I very much thought it was a, a pretty good episode. So four for me and from the chat, we have four point five clone babies from Marge. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> we have three point nine Boimler babies out of five from Tasha and also from Win Grace we have 4.5 stalagmites out of 5 wow high praise high praise oh and Tasha said that should have been Rutherford babies Rutherford but yeah I was, I was a little confused you saw I slowed down a little bit <laughs> 3.9 Rutherford babies out of 5 from Tasha cool beans Memfem says that I think you have to keep these four to make the series work as they each represent a different motivation for a lower decker. And that's what the series is all about. Mm, yeah. Good point. Yeah. Cool beans. And yeah, Kyle, any closing thoughts before we kind of wrap this up? Thanks. Thanks for each and every one of you guys being in the chat. It's really been fun. We've enjoyed having you here. It's been been fun to bounce some of these ideas off of you guys and you guys enlightening us just a little bit. It's, it's been it's been great. Kyle, any thoughts? You know, I've said this before and I'll say it to the end of eternity. I always enjoy a conversation with you. And this was an awesome conversation. So very much enjoyed. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. If you want to hit us up, you can hit us up at Discussing Trek on any and all social medias, including X. 
And you can hit us up at feedback at discussingtrek.com. Thank you all for joining. It's been a lot, loads of fun. So until next time, guys, live long and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to discussingtrek.com slash subscribe. been listening to the discussing network find out more at discussingnetwork.com